Tonight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we'll be discussing episode 9 of The Punisher. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And my name is Alyssa Terry. Welcome, Alyssa Terry. Thank you. To the podcast. Um, let's just dive right in. Full spoiler alert for episode 9 of The Punisher. This was a very emotional episode for me. <laughs> I know, I saw that. It was... I felt the bed shake as she wept. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really quite... Yeah, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed just just, just weeping. Um, the, 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 the connection between the Punisher and Curtis and just... Curtis, I like Curtis so much. Yeah. And okay, if you're if you're listening to this in the distant future and you haven't seen the episode right away, uh, this is the episode where the we finally find out where the bomb is supposed to be going. Uh, a bomb goes off, kills a lot of people, and now we know that this bomb maker, uh, this kid Lewis, uh, has set the bomb, and uh, now we have this very interesting episode between the the Punisher trying to to um, to catch this bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was surprised at how far they went into the gun argument. Yeah, I was too. Um, partially because, again, we've talked about it on the sh- on the cast uh, already, but the um, <laughs> the politics of the show are interesting, and especially you just get used to most Hollywood productions are very liberal leaning to some degree. This one is definitely not. <laughs> yeah. At least not yet, especially when it comes to the gun debate. Um, They're very much going... The only character we've seen so far who's anti-gun is the senator, right. Ori, Senator Ori. Um, and he had proved himself to be a coward in this episode. Um, With with the way... The, the guy from Anvil is like, are your, are your beliefs worth dying for? And he's like, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it, he didn't stand by his his uh, anti-gun choice. Yeah, even he is choosing to be protected by a group of men with guns, um, which is different than, you know, obviously what the Punisher does. It's very different from what Lewis is doing. Um, it's just they're, they're really etching out the fine lines of the different characters' perspectives, you know, the different characters' mm-hmm. moralities. Um, and anyway, that's the episode we're talking about, uh, but... I mean, they had a they had a full like five minute long gun debate on that like conservative talk show host talk show where Karen is on the show and and she's she's representing sort of an anti vigilante sort of perspective, but she also is defensive of the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's she I guess she's pro vigilante anti terrorist. Um. But she's also pretty pro-gun. I kept expecting her to pull her gun out of her purse. Yeah. To, like, prove a point. Because Senator Ori was like, da-da-da-da-da, uh, talking about all anti-gun. I wanted her to just be like, yeah, I, I carry. It's like, it's, you know, because of pro- I need protection because of my job. And I have been attacked. Um, and I have needed to defend myself. And, and Karen is such... Karen is, I, is kind of the heartbeat of the show. And I, in, and I feel like in most cases she would be the one that's like carrying the anti-gun banner, but we know that character isn't that, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that she has sort of she has nuance in her opinion, you know, mm-hmm. as do they all. And I mean, she defends Castle, but when she's talking to Castle, 
she's even compared. She's having a. I think she's having a hard time defending Castle at this point because she sees what Lewis is doing and she's trying to dis- draw the distinction. And Punisher sees the distinction right away. He's in. He's in it within himself, and he sees. I go after the bad guys. This guy's go after everyone. Um, but Karen. Karen's like, what's the difference? And and, and he's like, you know the difference. <laughs> you know that I don't. I don't go after innocent people. Everyone I went after was was a bad man. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I, I, it's just so crazy to me that they're going so specific and just tackling the gun debate, like, so directly, mm-hmm. you know, and so realistically, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, but the, the heartbeat of this episode, though, is Curtis. And I just was sure Curtis was dead from an early point in the episode. When, when, when Lewis is standing there with his heart behind his back... And and Curtis is is standing in front of him. I just was like, "There's no way Curtis gets out of this alive," mm-hmm. because if he does, that means Lewis has been taken down. Um, and Lewis, I don't think it's I don't I don't think Lewis takes I don't think Curtis takes down Lewis. It's going to have to be the Punisher because this show is called The Punisher. Um, and I was just like, I was just watching it. And I was like, "There's no way Curtis makes it out of this. There's just no way." And then he survives that interaction, and then we find him with the bombs. And I was like, still just like, "There's no way this is going to be the thing that drives the Punisher to chase Lewis." And I just, I, and I'm meta, I'm sort of meta gaming when it comes to this, like, what's going on. But I was just like, man, I, I just don't see how Curtis narratively makes it out of this episode <laughs> and it made me upset the whole time because I just kept thinking he was going to die. And and the the when Punisher tells the story of of um of of Lu- of oh, so many names in this episode of Curtis losing his leg, that was just heartbreaking. That's when I that's when the I went got my full weep on. <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> it's no it's no good. You're on the show. You just tell them, I I I'll t- I'll tell people I cry. I cry at these shows. You're telling about my full on weeping. It's just <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's to get you back for a. Telling strangers about my guilty pleasure TV the other day. <laughs> you really want to bring that up right now? <laughs> talking to a lot more people. <laughs> if you want to bring it up, we can talk about your guilty pleasure TV <laughs> right here in front of thousands. <laughs> You're upset about it at just me bringing it up at brunch, but this is thousands of people. I'm just saying you just need to pay for it for a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So, what what stood out to you most in this episode? I think it was probably about the same, just that conversation between uh, the Punisher and Curtis and Lewis. Yeah. Well, I guess it was less conversation from Curtis. He kind of just sat there. They're just such... And just watching, and Curtis saying, kind of going back to feeling helpless was painful to watch. Like, just, he's a strong character, and he's, he's kind of made his new life mission to help vets and give them a new life. He talks about their second life and how he's living his best second life. And yeah. just, and then, so he's lived it and breathed it and taught it. And then kind of watching him in a sense, go back or like almost admit to, failure. Yeah. And admit that he's, he's kind of faking it. 
Yeah. Faking that sort of... Uh, that makes him so tragic. And then me thinking he's going to die this whole episode, I was just like, oh my gosh, don't talk like this. I know. Stay strong. Because I think he's the strongest. These, these are three men who went overseas and had horrible things happen to them. And they all three have very different reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Punisher, of course, is after the people who killed his family, but he still held on his moral code. Lewis is just sort of gone way off the deep end and is is paranoid that the whole world is after him and that anyone that doesn't believe in his revolution and his 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 war as he calls it mm-hmm. um is a pawn is a pawn and d- doesn't matter and and he can kill um and Curtis is doing everything he can to help veterans uh rehabilitate they're just three very different reactions to war and uh, to see Curtis, like, kind of <laughs> go back on everything he said in the in, in what he thinks is his final moments is just really heartbreaking to watch. Mm-hmm. Super tragic. Um, but he doesn't die. I was so happy that he didn't die. <laughs> I think we still need that character around. I think we need the three part just to kind of round out the show. For sure. And I mean, we, and th- this episode was three part, but we've also got. Russo, who's just a completely different kind of maniac. Yeah, so he went a little mercenary. Yeah, um, his... and, and you can you can almost say he always was. I don't I don't know. He's just he 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 he's using the system for his own advantage, using the system that kind of spit these other guys out, and he's becoming a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's like. Curtis is fighting it in his way. Punisher's fighting it in his way. Lewis is fighting it in his way. And Rousseau is just becoming a part of the system. Uh, you could almost see, if, if the narrative were different, Lewis coming around and joining the Punisher to fight Rousseau. In the, in the, in the, the, just the, in saying the system is what's bad. Um, but at this point, is that, do you think Lewis is irredeemable at this point? I think Lewis is irredeemable. I think that... His response, and even talk, like when Curtis is talking about Lewis, he talks about how he's the guy who blames everyone else for his problems. Yeah. And I think that's a character flaw that allowed him to become this person. And sure. so I think the character flaw makes him irredeemable. He definitely did a horrible, horrible thing um, that in, in, uh, in, in this bombing, of course. Uh, but he did, if anyone can get to him, if anyone can like see where he's coming from and pull him back from the edge, I think it's Frank. Yeah, and I think he respects Frank mm-hmm. and believes in his messed up view that he's just like Frank. Yeah, he wants to be like Frank. He sees Frank as a hero, and the fact that, oh my gosh, when Frank said, you're just a piece of shit on my shoe... That I thought was, that Curtis was dead. I thought Curtis was so dead. This whole episode, <laughs> I thought Curtis was dead at every different point. And I was just like, Frank, you just killed Curtis. Um, man, this, this And episode. just thinking about the guilt that Frank is still holding on to over Curtis's leg. I just want to like, you should be more careful. Yeah. You're carrying around this heavy load from a leg. Do you, what do you think you're about to carry by getting him killed because you called someone shit on your shoe? Frank is just like does not know how to deal with anger well. <laughs> it's really crazy. Oh man. He wants to. <laughs> and I think he has the smarts and wisdom too. He just he, does. he just loses it. He knew what he was doing the whole time cuz he 
He really tried that entire conversation to keep things copacetic. He's like, just come down here. And trying to reason with him and kind of show him the differences in their opinion. Yeah, he was really trying for about two minutes of the conversation. (laughs) And then he just was like, as soon as he compared himself to Frank, he was like, you're not anything like me. You're shit on my shoe. It's like, oh my gosh, Frank, just... Let it. Let, you could have. You could have kept him on the line a little bit longer, and probably got him, talked him down. I mean, it brought him around. I mean, he told him which wire to cut. Yeah, which which was amazing, and it's just like the tenseness of that. I've never seen a the, the, the it's just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scene when he tells him which wire to cut. There's always we've seen the wire to cut scene a hundred million times. Oh yeah, but I've never seen it where. A character that is so unreliable tells you which wire to cut. Mm-hmm. And then he has to decide in that moment, does he believe that character? And is he, he, he pulls up that white wire, he's going to cut it. It's the best lead that he has on which wire to cut. But you are, you're, you're just not sure at that moment whether it is, uh, it's the right wire to cut, and it, it, it's such a tense moment. It's it's an amazing, amazing piece of writing to take that old trope of the bomb cutting wires, uh, and like making it new again, mm-hmm. and making it so character driven. Ugh, this is probably my favorite episode so far. And I love that Punisher sat there and sat there with Curtis because he could have done the easy answer. Uh-huh. Was to hand Curtis the wire cutters. Right. And walk out. But no, he says... Because then he could beat the cops. He could mm-hmm. not get killed, potentially. But he just sat there and was like, all right, here we go. Brothers. Yeah. It's me and you, Kurt. It's me and you. Yeah. <sighs> Can we talk about something that made me laugh this episode? Sure. When uh, they're watching the TV show and they're saying that Punisher was uh, convicted of 37 murders oh yes and he was like that they know of <laughs> <laughs> the punishers like d- just dry sense of humor it makes me laugh so much last episode we i forgot to mention it last episode one of my favorite punisher lines was uh they talk about morty bennett the guy who they caught with the ball gag from episode a seven seven or eight <laughs> they say they found him. There's, there's, there's something on the line about finding him in a hotel room, dead with a hooker, and he's like, "They killed him," and it looks like, like the, he says, "They killed him" with surprise in his voice, and he just goes, <laughs> "That's good," and just like, and then moves on. It's not like he says, "That's good," and then he goes on to say, "Because of some tactical reason that gives us an advantage," he's just, just like, "That's yeah, good." That's yeah, good. That that's is good, good news. Good news <laughs> that that man is dead. It's no, there's nothing. <laughs> He's like cutting an apple or something. He's like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that does that's good. Does my soul well to find out that Morty Bennett is dead. <laughs> it's, I like that with Punisher, I don't know things whether something is his sense of humor or whether I'm just finding him funny. Oh, man. Like I, f- when I he, find him so funny. When he Right. But is it intentional or is it just that we find him funny? Like, I think that's got to that, be. Like, like that they know of? Do you think that that's just oh, a matter of fact? Oh, I think that's, that's totally intentional. I think that's intentional from the writer's perspective. Well, I don't obviously. Think it's not Punisher. Punisher doesn't think it's funny. Yeah. Which is why it's so funny. You know, classic thing about comedy is um, the straighter you play it, the more realistic it feels, and therefore the more the funnier it is. You mm-hmm. know, the straighter you say that line, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, you know, nowadays his stuff's probably a little dated, but like 
He always said his, like, the silliest movies ever, Airplane, Naked Gun, but he delivered his lines very much as if he believed them. And that makes them so much funnier. Um, and I think that goes for, that goes for Punisher. The comedy plays so well. Um, sometimes his grunts are hilarious. They're just well-timed. They're just so well-timed. I, I, I love, he shot that sniper rifle in Agent Orange, and then he just goes, huh. <laughs> I just like I will re- like I don't remember the delivery of any other grunts probably ever in cinema, but I can remember certain deliveries of grunts. He's so good <laughs> at just grunting this the right way to communicate exactly what he John Bernthal wants to communicate from the Punisher. I love it. I love it. So we haven't also talked about uh, Madani m- stuff. Yeah, micro meeting with Madani. Oh gosh, I almost forgot about that. How can you forget? That's a huge deal. So micro is so it looks like he's going to try to set up the Punisher. Yeah, which is not a good idea. Yeah, that's not going to bode well for micro. He sh- he should know that. Yeah, it's really it seems like the worst of ideas. Um, going to Madani, trying to get his family back. That all makes sense. Using whatever evidence he has, but trying to trap the Punisher is is not going to go well. <laughs> but I think he thinks that having that actual, you know, witness who can actually come forward, um, I think is, uh, is, 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 is he thinks is important to being able to get his family back. What do you think? So, so the end we saw vigilante or terrorist mm-hmm. under, under under Frank's picture. Um, do you think there's a possibility? And they talked earlier in the episode about how they had to make him disappear. Lewis says, "Oh, I guess they had to make you die because too many people were on your side. Mm-hmm. Too many people were like in support of the Punisher, um, which we didn't really get to see that much in Daredevil. Um, it was just kind of like Daredevil. We saw it all from Daredevil's perspective, trying to stop the Punisher. Um, but do you think there's a possibility where the Punisher gets?" Maybe not legally freed of his crimes, but like get somehow vindicated in the eyes of the public because he's now going to be going up against the bom- this bomber. I think there's a possibility that the public excuses him. I don't think that the government or the police force. I don't think they ever excuse him. Right. So I think he'll have think, to continue to live can't. in. Yeah, they'll yeah. continue to live in the shadows, but. Unless he goes on trial and you know jury doesn't commit you know doesn't uh, doesn't convict him, which is a possibility, especially with a good lawyer. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I at Hogarth, of course. Of course. Um. Yeah, this is just getting great. Just it's been a great series, but this this is by far my favorite episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching Punisher run away. I liked it when he <laughs> slammed the cop in the door like six times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hell, oh, it's painful." And Matt's like, "Yeah, it didn't that look bad. that bad." He could have done much worse. There's much more <laughs> brute force ways of hurting. Him. He's just kind of that. That at least the door's like kind of spreading out the pain a little bit. Like yeah, he didn't look like he was the force. Yeah, <laughs> just hitting him with that door over and over. I, thought, I loved it. Takes the police car and runs. Yeah, it's great. But watching him run, I was just I love like, this, this is it. <laughs> yeah, as he's pulling off in the police car, there's like just policeman hats rolling around <laughs> on the ground from both the policemen. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, you were like, that's it? What do you mean? Like, uh, that, this is the no, fun stuff? No, here we are. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be 
great from here on out. Not that it hasn't been amazing. Like, it's been great. Yeah, it's been great. It's but been I, great setup. But now we get, like, there's a bomber. There's a system being led by Russo and Agent Orange that we know mm-hmm. about that's in place. There's So there's, like, kind of the big bads and then this little bad. And then there's Madani and Micro that might try to pull something over on the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a lot of stuff. And they've only got four episodes left. I know. It's going to be great. So I feel like there's a lot to come. All right, guys. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we uh, are happy to be with you today. Thank you so much to Alyssa Terry for being our guest host tonight. Um, Jeff should be back soon. I don't know if he's going to be back for Punisher, but we're going to be talking Runaways uh, later this week, as well as some news and feedback, and hopefully finally get to this Thor Ragnarok feedback episode that we were trying to wait on Jeff to get back to do, um, which we'll probably do Monday or Tuesday this week. So, um, Lots of Punisher coming, lots of Runaways coming. Keep keep your ears peeled. Um, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU and leave your voicemails. Um, we, uh, If you'd like to support the cast, uh, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash mcucast. We'll never charge for more than one episode per week. Um, and that way, basically, you get charged one 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 day a week uh, on whatever your pledge you make. So there's lots of different levels and different uh, um, reward levels and stuff. And if we don't put out an episode, you won't be charged at all. So some weeks you get seven episodes for one for the cost of one uh, charge, and some weeks you get zero uh, episodes for zero dollars. Zero episodes for zero dollars. <laughs> so that's pretty. You know, you don't pay for them when they don't happen, and when they happen a lot, you don't pay extra. So it's pretty great. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, love you all. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Yeah.